Now, it is a, a really a wonderful privilege uh, to have the opportunity to welcome the Reverend Dr. Robert Flayhart, who is the senior pastor of Oak Mountain Presbyterian Church right here in Birmingham. Uh, Dr. Flayhart is originally from Pennsylvania and uh, came down to Birmingham in 1989, uh, where he's called to plant Oak Mountain out of what was then Briarwood South. Um, Oak Mountain is, by all accounts, a wonderful and vibrant congregation. Um, in 1999, they began the Westminster School um, here in this city. Um, and Dr. Flayhart uh, is a, a pastor who has a, a deep commitment to, um, to God's Word and to education. Uh, he holds degrees from Trinity Evangelical Divinity School in Chicago and Covenant Theological Seminary, which is the denominational seminary of the Presbyterian Church in America and he sits on the board of that institution. So we're delighted to have you with us, and we look forward uh, to hearing uh, your, your words um, after we sing hymn 685. Thank you. Go ahead and have a seat. One of my favorite hymns that I sang for many years and had no idea what it meant. Especially in that first verse where it says, Let the water and the blood from my, thy wounded side that flowed be of sin the double cure. Cleanse me from its guilt and power. For so long as a, a follower of Christ, when someone talked about the blood, I got the first part. The blood of Christ cleanses us from the guilt of sin in the sight of God. That's good news. Be of sin the double cure. Cleanse me from its guilt and its power. How does the blood of Christ cleanse us from the power of sin? I, I get how the blood of Christ can cleanse us from the guilt of sin, but, but how the power of sin? Well, I've chosen a rather strange text, perhaps, uh, to some of us. Something you need to know about me, uh, I'm... I can be a fearful man in many ways, but, but one of the things I'm very petrified of are snakes. Uh, I hate snakes. And so where does God call me but to a state that basically contains every species of poisonous snake found in America? Uh, my, my wife, she's an outdoors person, and when she looks Outside, She's thinking, oh, look at God's beauty. Look at the creation. I, honey, let's just go for a walk. You know what I'm thinking? Snakes. There's snakes out there. I am not in the middle of summer going out on a hike as much as I love my wife. I'm not going to do it. There's snakes. So what do I use as a text that God has taught me uh, what the double cure of the blood of Christ is, but a text on snakes. Uh, it's Numbers 21. Verses 4 through 9. Let me read God's word. From Mount Hor, they set out by the way to the Red Sea, 
to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way, and the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery, venomous, poisonous serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many of the people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. We have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he would take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten when he sees it shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. Lent is a season where we spend time in reflection. We reflect upon our need for repentance. We reflect on our sin that drove Christ to the cross. We reflect on the wonders of the mercy and grace of God that is revealed in Jesus, revealed in the cross, revealed in the resurrection. And we also reflect upon how can we more take action as followers of Christ to sort of incarnate the power and life of Christ in the world around us. Well, Uh, This story leads to several elements of Lent that I want to focus on briefly in our time together. Uh, Lent is a time when we reflect upon repentance. And the people in this passage were grumbling against God. Uh, if If you're looking for fodder for reflection when it comes to repentance... The fact that the people were grumbling reminds us that so often our sin, our fallenness, our brokenness is revealed through our words. In the Gospel of Matthew, uh, Jesus says it is out of the heart that the mouth speaks. So I'm going to give you an exercise. I'm going to give you a Lenten assignment. And you can carry this with you for the rest of the season. You can actually carry this with you for the rest of the year. You can carry this with you for your lifetime. I call it the tongue assignment. Okay? For the next 24 hours, and you can again apply it the rest of your life. But for the next 24 hours, I want you to focus really hard. I want to make sure you do not say anything that tears anybody down. I want to make sure you don't say anything negative. Do not blame shift. Do not become defensive. Do not make excuses. Do not complain. Do not grumble. Do not exaggerate. Don't do any of those things. Don't backbite. Don't gossip. Conversely, what I want you to do is constantly be filled with praise. Let your speech always be filled with thanksgiving. I want you to constantly affirm other people and build them up. Now, just go ahead and do that for the next 24 hours. You won't make it five minutes. And neither will I. It is out of the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. 
Have you noticed how quickly you can become defensive? Somebody says something, did you? We're just like Adam and Eve in the garden, aren't we? Adam, did you eat of the tree? Well, the woman you gave me. Blame shifting. Eve, did you? The serpent deceived me, making excuses. Our tongue reveals so much brokenness in our lives. My tongue reveals my fears, my worries, my anxieties. Uh, I had a story uh, some months ago. I was awakened in the middle of the night by this scratching sound. And uh, I was thinking, oh my goodness, we have rodents. We have squirrels. And then my next thought was, oh my goodness, they're, they're eating the electrical system of this house. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I bet our insurance doesn't cover that. And then I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I can't afford to rebuild the walls of this house. And then I was, oh my goodness, we're going to be homeless. In seven seconds, I went from a scratching noise to being homeless. And I tell people all the time at Oak Mountain, I'm always seven seconds to homelessness. I'm what's called an awfulizer. I tend to think about the worst thing that could happen in my life. And, and that creates fears and anxieties. That creates a self-talk that involves worry. What's your self-talk? See, it's not only important that you get in touch with your actual verbiage that you allow to come out of your mouth, which will expose your brokenness, your fallenness, your sin, and, and where you need to repent. But your internal talk are also words. So be aware of your internal talk. Be aware of your external talk. And notice, it was the talk of the people. They grumbled against God. And as a result of their grumbling, God disciplined them by sending, sending fiery serpents. And then when the fiery serpents bit them, they recognized their sin. And they simply admitted, they simply confessed, we have sinned. Do you realize that's really all God is asking for us when it comes to repentance? That we just would acknowledge our sin. We'd, we'd stop excusing it. We'd stop blame shifting. And we'd just go to God and say, God, I am a sinner. Lent gives us an opportunity to reflect upon our sin which is never to be an end in itself. Repentance isn't a dirty word. Repentance is actually the first word of the gospel. Jesus said, repent and believe the gospel. So we not only reflect on repentance, but we also reflect during Lent upon grace. And there's, there's all kinds of grace um, in this passage. Uh, God has Moses build a, a bronze serpent. They put it on a pole. If anyone looked, they lived. Now, please hear me. Th this is historical. This is not myth. Real people, real place, real time, real space, real snakes. Real fangs, real poison, real pain, real death. It's historical. When Moses built the bronze serpent and the people recognized they were bitten, they were filled with remorse. We have sinned. If they looked at the bronze serpent, 
There was a supernatural exchange that took place. Right? There's real poison. They're, They're actually dying. When they looked at the bronze serpent with the eyes of faith, a supernatural exchange from heaven took place, and real physical venom that was in their veins was neutralized, and they lived. The Christian life is supernatural. And the look of faith is what enables us to engage in the supernatural life. Now, Jesus refers to this passage in John 3. We all know John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that who believes in him should never die, but have eternal life. We all know that. But you know what's right before John 3, 16? I'll give you a hint. It's John 3, 14 and 15. Yeah, John 3, 14 and 15. Jesus says, as Moses lifted the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him would never perish, but have eternal life. So we all are the people in the wilderness, in this world. And God opens our eyes to our sin, and we're repentant. And then we look to Christ. And when we look to Christ in our sin, a supernatural exchange takes place. And the venom of sin, its penalty, getting back to the hymn, Rock of Ages, cleanse me from its guilt. The penalty, the guilt of our sin is taken away. We have a blood transfusion. And we live. That's the good news of the gospel. When we recognize our sin and acknowledge it and look to Christ, there's a supernatural transaction and God takes away our sin and the penalty of it and God credits to us the righteousness of Christ and and treats us as if we'd never sinned and treats us as if we'd been as obedient as Christ was for us. That's the first part of the wonder of grace in this passage. But the the text of the hymn says, cleanse me from its guilt and power. Be to me the double cure. See, even as believers in Christ, even as followers of Christ, we continue to be bitten afresh every day, don't we? By this serpent of sin. Even as believers in Christ, we still wrestle with the flesh. We still wrestle with things like anger or worry or the tongue or materialism, or fill in the blank. And each time we're made aware of that fresh bite of that serpent of old, and we become aware of sin, we repent and we look again to Christ. It's the double cure. If you don't know Christ, you look to Christ and experience the supernatural exchange and your sin is taken away. You're saved. But as a Christ follower, every single time we fall into sin again, whether it be impatience with a spouse or disregarding another person or not engaging in deeds of mercy and love, whatever it might be, you simply acknowledge that as another fresh bite of the serpent of sin and you look to Christ afresh. Now listen. It's just as supernatural in our lives today as it was in Israel in the wilderness. That look of faith to Christ releases supernatural power from heaven. The same way that physical venom was neutralized through the look at the bronze serpent, 
the look of faith to Christ releases supernatural power that actually transforms us day by day, moment by moment. The Christian life. If you don't remember anything else I said today, remember this. The Christian life is supernatural. The Christian life is not, here's God's word, here's what he tells me to do, I'm supposed to get busy. The Christian life is about Jesus Christ being of sin, the double cure. Looking to him releases me from sin's penalty. And every day when I'm aware of sin, looking to him and his grace cleanses me from the power of sin progressively. There's incredible grace to reflect upon in this passage. And then lastly, there is a life to live. It it, it says, if the serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. Lent gives us an opportunity to reflect upon what kind of life God is calling us to engage in. Uh, There's a life of mercy and justice. There's a life of obedience. There's there's a life of pursuing uh, a relationship with God. There's, There's a life of being engaged in the local congregation. There's a life to live. Now, what I want to leave you with is putting all these three things together. At Oak Mountain, we develop what we call uh, a three-step dance with Christ that leads to to personal transformation. And a three-step dance is is a waltz, very simply. You've you've heard Tchaikovsky, you've heard Strauss, you've heard waltzes. There have probably been waltzes played by incredible uh, instrumentalists in this very sanctuary. But, But the waltz is one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. And the way we dance with Christ that leads to experiencing that supernatural exchange is a three-step. Repent, believe, fight. Repent, believe, fight. The first word of the gospel, repent. As As you're considering the tongue exercise, let it lead you to fresh repentance. But a waltz is not a one step. It goes to the second step. The second step is believe. Again, look to Christ and experience afresh his forgiveness. But look to Christ and experience afresh that supernatural exchange whereby he cleanses us from the power of sin. And once we repent and believe on a daily basis, then we choose to fight. We choose to fight the good fight of faith, as Paul says. We choose to say no to sin and yes to righteousness. Until five minutes later, when we're aware we've blown it again. Again, Walking with God is love God perfectly 24-7 with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor perfectly 24-7 as yourself. We don't do that. So we're constantly waltzing with Christ. And as we do, we're engaging in the same supernatural exchange that Israel engaged in in the wilderness. We too are people of time and space. We too are people who live real lives and make real mistakes. And engage in real sin, thought, word, deed, motive, by what we've done and by what we've left undone. And each time we become aware, we look to Christ, just like the people of Israel did. They had physical venom neutralized. We have the power of sin overcome, not by trying harder, but by the grace of God and looking to Christ. As we repent and believe, then we go live the life.
until we fail again. See, waltzing isn't going to fix you. Waltzing is simply how broken people with broken lives live in a broken world until Christ returns. So this Lenten season, may we all learn how to waltz. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your word and thank you for the example of Israel and thank you for the amazing news that the Christian life is supernatural and that as we engage in repentance and faith, we get to experience the double cure of the blood of Christ. You cleanse us from the guilt of our sin and you cleanse us from the power of sin. So God, teach us how to dance more with Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.